I want me some glory hope. To the Football Glory Hole Podcast. We listen on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, or Spreaker. We thank each and every Glory Hole Seeker for tuning in this week. I'm your host, Bo Stevenson. I'm joined as always here on the sports patio by my good buddy Longhorn. Longhorn, what's up, buddy? All right, all right. Ooh, Bo Cephas, here we go. It is Super Bowl week and like, I got to tell you, buddy, uh, there's only one game left to talk about, and the season obviously coming to an end. It's bittersweet, bittersweet uh, that, that it's over now. But um, with that said, this year has been full of drunken fun, ups and downs, big hits, little hits, and tons of questionable decisions. And if that sounds more like one of my Saturday nights than a football <laughs> season, you are correct, sir. Now, whether you are here for the funny. <laughs> oh, hilarious, hilarious. We're 10 hours from the fucking fun park and you want to bail out. It's called having a sense of humor and laughing. You should fucking try it once in a while. Or you are here for the money. Anybody tells you money's the root of all evil doesn't fucking have any. They say money can't buy happiness. Look at the fucking smile on my face. Ear to ear, baby. You have come to the right place. Two questions for you people. Do you like football? What a stupid question that is. What a stupid question. You ask a lot of stupid questions. What a stupid son of a bitch. My apologies, Mr. President. I will do better. Do you like money? I'm a big fan of money. I like it. I use it. I have a little. I keep it in a jar on top of my refrigerator. I'd like to put more in that jar. That's where you come in. That's right, Adam Sandler. That's exactly where we come in. And we have weekly monthly and yearly packages to fit your needs go to our website thefootballgloryhole.com and hit us up for those free picks premium picks and betting strategies so you can bet football the right way the winning way the football glory hole way and as always here on the sports patio we got the tvs glowing we got the beer heavily flowing tonight, and right now it is everybody's unfortunate favorite part of the show. My friend, tell the people all about your horrible, freaking disgusting cold beer hip choice of the week. Well, thank you very much, sir. Sir, tonight I am drinking the Shitty Beatles by Darkness Brewing Oops. Company in Bellevue, Kentucky. Three out of five stars on the beer app, beer app. Very solid beer. And it is very apropos for me to be drinking it tonight because Longhorn, did you know that on this day in 1964, the British invasion began when the Beatles landed in New York City. And two days later, when they went on Ed Sullivan for the first time, it got 73 million viewers in America. The first Super Bowl would not be played until 1967, three years later. When it was, it only got 50 million viewers. And now, <laughs> here we are, 60 years later, and we have a Super Bowl. And once again, is intertwined with a huge cultural icon 
Miss Taylor Swift. And the NFL expects this to be the most viewed Super Bowl of all time, which just goes to show you that in 60 years, we have evolved so little that we still as a nation value fuck ugly pop stars more than we value the men on the gridiron, the gladiators of this once great empire. Still play second fiddle to a chick who weighs 73 pounds, has no tits, no ass, and looks just like Napoleon Dynamite. Lord, you can send the asteroid at any point, really. I I think I'm done. I'm done. Well, Miss Lippy, the part of the story that I like the best <laughs> is that is the part where, you know, sixty years ago we had a British invasion and apparently we're just really fond of invasions because we still have invasions going on these days, but they're not of the British variety, if you know what I mean. They're 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 a little different. They're a little different. No doubt about that, and there's no doubt we're about to get into the podcast. We're going over the Super Bowl in the air tonight, and we're going to get you fucking paid like we always do with those free picks. Another palooza, as you've come to expect in the playoffs. But right now, we have to get paid, and to do that, here is this week's sponsor. This week's podcast is sponsored by Amahore.com. Are you single and desperate? Do you want a woman to tell you that you're handsome and that she doesn't care that you earn less than 30k a year and smell like recycled newspaper that was used to pick up dog shit? Well, then we have an exciting and hassle-free service to tell you about. It's Amahore.com. Amahore.com is a revolutionary new service for single men like you to order an escort of your choosing anytime you want. And with Amahore's smart web technology, their website will learn what type of girl you like and make suggestions based on your preferences. Whether you like big tits, fat asses, ebony ladies, that's kind of redundant, big thighs, small necks, big mouths. I mean like fucking Julia Roberts big. Extra large fupas. Gross! Just tell Alexa what kind of girl you want and Amahore.com will deliver your whore du jour within two days with your Amahore Prime membership. Amahore.com also boasts the best return policy in the industry. They honored all returns with free return shipping except for girls with herpes, syphilis, the AIDS, crabs, fucking chlamydia, genital warts, scabies, or gonorrhea. Just visit Amahore.com and enter our code word GloryHole for 10% off your first strumpet fucking experience. That's Amahore.com code word GloryHole for 10% off that paid for vagina. One more time, Amahore.com code word Glory hole. Holy shit, Longhorn, that Amahore is a hell of a service. Mm, my favorite. Huh. It I mean, how could it not be everybody's yeah. fucking favorite? You get your hoard de jour. It's I mean, it's so no frills, it's so easy. It's just, you know. Every once in a while somebody comes along and has an idea that is it's a fucking home run, man. You know, the fucking Big Mac, uh, the Amahore, whatever. Like it's just mm-hmm. it's fucking awesome. Yeah, anytime you can order whores, it's like you just can never can never go wrong there. I wonder though if the Amahore product is um, is worried about this, you know, invasion coming in in the southern border with all these you know, the, the trafficking. That's going to cut into their business because you know what you don't got to <laughs> you don't got to order if it's just fucking walking down your street. They're flooding the streets with fucking whores everywhere. So I don't know. It's it's that's interesting. Oh, maybe they're making them check in and like. Get tags? I don't know. I don't know. Well, they're at they're at all the hotels already. The 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 invasion um, horrors. They're just at your local hotels being shacked up, and they got government credit cards. So I don't know. <laughs> maybe, maybe they pay you. I really don't know how it works. I'm, I don't know how that all works. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. 
Okay, it's happening. Stay calm. What? what do you think is happening right now? What's happening over here? Excuse me, what is happening here? What is happening? What the fuck just happened? Oh, you know what's happening. It's time for all those wins coming in the air tonight, baby! It is the most bittersweet bells you will ever hear, as my boy said. It is Super Bowl Sunday coming up. And we've got the defending world champion, Kansas City Chiefs. Somehow, they are still two-point dogs to the San Francisco 49ers. Oh, Longhorn, take us through this one. You know, it's so weird that, like, They've played so bad all year. Like when you said they were, like they won it last year. Like I don't even, does that even like register to you that they won it last year? It seems like just such a whole a long time, and they've played so shitty that I guess I forgot that they won it last year. Um, I think everybody in Vegas forgot too. (laughs) Yeah, it seems like it. Um, Yeah. So with this game, I'm gonna keep mine pretty pretty simple because you know if, if you've been listening long enough, you know how I do these things, and this game lines up exactly to Kansas City and we talked about it uh, a couple weeks ago on the on the look ahead podcast but nothing's changed for me even though you know what's going on in Vegas with with some of these line moves it's it's um, we'll get into some of that it's, it's pretty interesting um, but for me I'm going to make the case for Kansas City and the under those are the two things I'm going to be on and let me uh, quickly so let me, let me pause you real quick and reset for everybody <clears throat> so the look ahead for this game on the proposed matchup, because they always set the proposed lines for the four possible matchups that can happen on Championship Sunday. Some books put that out. Obviously, if you bet a matchup that doesn't happen, it's no bet. You get your money back. So the proposed matchup on this one was going to be San Francisco minus three. Um, so you could have gotten, gotten at that at that point. And then after that, it opened up at San Francisco minus two and a half immediately got bet down to one and a half and then immediately went back up to two to two and a half and it's kind of been bouncing around there until eh, about last Thursday or Friday or so and it's pretty much settled in where it's at now depending on the big depending on where you're looking at it so you know there was some early Kansas City money coming in but then it got flooded back out with San Francisco money and again remember you had what you had to remember about the Super Bowl just like any other NFL game is that's all professional money coming in. So it's not the, you know, all the Joes will be betting from now until Sunday. So a lot of professional money uh, coming in on San Francisco to push that number back up to where it's at now. Yeah, and I'm fully I'm fully aware that anybody that runs any kind of models is, is going to have a lean, you know, to San Francisco on this game. Uh, you know, at least that's what the, the model would say that they should do. Um, but for me, everything points to Kansas City, and let me just go down a list of some of the reasons why. Uh, number one, and this this one, uh, you know, I try to like think of ways to prioritize this, um, you know, to, to like in order of what I think is going to be the most impacted. And for me, number one that I landed on was Spagnola, the defensive coordinator for Kansas City, versus Purdy in his first Super Bowl, and. 
you know, we've seen through the years how important. Oh, for Spag- sure, you're gonna say Kyle Ushak. <laughs> no, the the fantastic fullback for San Fran is not on my list to <laughs> handicap. Um, but I'm glad we got his name out there. It's, it's you know, he's he's. Hey, what's up, Kyle? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Spagnola against is is just one of the best defensive coordinators in the game, and I I think that that his ability to throw curveballs at at opposing quarterbacks is is one of his specialties and and the ability to lock down and make adjustments in the second half it's just it's second to none so you know if if this game is close or kansas city even has like a slight lead in this game going into halftime i think it's over i honestly think it's over now if if san fran has a slight lead you know, you can look for some adjustments to happen and maybe KC gets back in the game. But I have that as my number one reason to lean to Kansas City. And if obviously number two, close to, could be 1A, 1B. You got Mahomes. You're, you got Mahomes versus a, you know, at times suspect defense for San Francisco. They've shown some leaks in this in the secondary, especially, you know, in that middle, which is weird, you know, because they, they should be so good in the middle with those linebackers. Uh, but in that back half, you know they had some. They had uh, Hufanga, the safety, got hurt at some point in the season. That really hurt them, and uh, that the cornerbacks have have gotten exposed too over in that in the slant department. So, yeah, I just think that Mahomes is is going to do what he does, and it really doesn't matter. It could be an awesome defense, and it, and it wouldn't really wouldn't really matter to me at all. But the fact that this defense has shown some holes uh, is reason number two. Number three is the coaching matchup: Reed versus Shanahan. In a regular season, it coin flip, fine. It, like Shanahan's awesome in, in the regular season. In a two-week span, getting uh, to prepare, and the fact that Shanahan has had his issues in the postseason and specifically in the Super Bowl, I give the huge edge to Kansas City in the coaching department. I talked about the experience versus, you know, of Kansas City. You, you know, they won the Super Bowl last year. They've got, The whole roster is full of people that have, that have been in these situations forever. And San Fran has made a bunch of deep runs into the playoffs. Um, but this quarterback's brand new. It's first time for the going to the Super Bowl for a lot of these players. So, you know, experience check to Kansas City. And then the last one, and if it is a close game, then this can have be a major factor. And it's the kicker. The kickers in this matchup, it, it, it's not even close. Like like the, the Kansas City kicker, he's money. Just forget about it. If, it. if it comes down to a game winner, he's fucking he's he's piping that bitch. And if if the guy for San Fran at any point, you never know what you're gonna get. He could slice and dice one to into left field, and uh, so and he's a rookie kicker. It's not like so, you, you know, on the tee box. No, very much like me on the tee box. But <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's uh, like I play once a year. Let's not let's not derail this, okay? Let's <laughs> not. This this guy, all he does is fucking kick. Like he literally has kicked probably five thousand times a day for his entire life, and he still gets out there and shanks them. So all that, and and I'll save the under. We'll get into the under later. Let's let's just uh, stick with that on the side. And um, you know, you can you can hit the sounder at any point of this um, of this of this handicap because obviously I am taking Kansas City to win this game. And I think am I still undefeated in these uh, playoffs? With the Sounders, you are, sir, two and zero. Yeah, so let's let's keep the Sounder streak going, and uh, I'm on KC, and we'll get into the under and over later. But what do you got? Well, I like to react to uh, one particular part of your handicap there. 
and I think it's, I mean, it's really the just the say it out loud moment. You said, if Kansas City's up at halftime, it's pretty much over, which I agree with. Yeah. But if they're down at halftime, I mean, you still got Mahomes, and it's never over. So like, there, there's only really one way for San Fran to win this game, and that's to be up by so much at halftime that Mahomes can't come back. Which, hello, last year the Eagles were brought how much at a halftime? That's true. And he um, still fucking came back. It was double that, digits. Yeah, double digits. I think. No, it definitely was double digits. So, yeah. So, I don't even know what, like, that was just, that's such a fucking perfect say it out loud moment when handicapping this game. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. that's just the truth. I mean, Kansas City is the number one uh, second half under team in the entire league for the entire season. Like you said, the Spagnola fucking factor there. You just don't score on this team in the second half. You just don't. Or at least nobody has. All right. All right. So, getting to my side of it. From the power ranking quad perspective, I've been telling you all throughout the playoffs, Kansas City's been in a great power ranking quad. This is now the fourth Super Bowl appearance from this power ranking quad. They are 5-0 and now in ATS on championship week. And so the one time they they did cover, but they didn't make the championship game. Or didn't make the Super Bowl, excuse me, but they're still 5-0 and in this power ranking quad. So the four teams, this is the four times, so the, the three teams before, two and one ATS in the previous three Super Bowl matchups. The two wins, New England, 2018 versus the Rams. They were minus two favorites. New England was only better in DSR, which is 3-0 ATS since 2015. And then Cincy in 2021, they closed plus four. I think we had them at plus three and a half versus the Rams. We've hit both of these, obviously. And since he was only better in DSR, again, 3-0, and ATS since 2015. The one loss was the Rams in that 2018 Super Bowl versus New England, and they were better in all three of the big three metrics for the Super Bowl, which is 1-3 ATS in the four times that that's happened. That's exactly where San Fran lands. You mentioned the models and the analytics nerds like me. And that's why all the sharps are on San Fran. Because if you look at the numbers, I mean, I've been saying it all postseason. Baltimore and San Fran, we had to make a new power ranking quad for them. We've never seen two teams with underlying stats as good as these two teams ever. Just mm-hmm. period habit. I forget the guy's name, but he's like a historian or like a stat historian or whatever through the NFL. He's ranked these teams like, I mean, since I think that since the NFL began, basically. And he had Baltimore as the fifth best team and San Fran as the ninth best team of all fucking time. And we got them in the same year. So the numbers don't lie when it comes to that. But again, when you get to this game, being the best team in those numbers doesn't pan out. Like I said, one in three ATS. Since, and then inside of that, since 2001, a team playing the Super Bowl after being on the road in the previous game, nine and four straight up. And that's, Winning by four points per game, ten and three ATS, covering by six and a half points per game. The over/unders five and eight minus four total on the delta to the under, and that's with an average line of two and a half and a total of forty-eight. This line is two and the total is forty-seven and a half, I believe, currently or forty-seven, depending on where you get it at. Now, take all that and add the last two playoff games on the road, five and two straight up, winning by three points per game. 
7-0 ATS, plus 6.5 ATF margin, 3-4 and four to the under, but it is a flat delta on there. That's an average line of 3.5 and, and an average total of 46. So everything there supports your Kansas City and your under. And then inside of that, Kansas City is the only, the fifth team to ever make a Super Bowl with a negative DPS. And then the only team, which is Delta Point scored, they're the only team to make it with a Delta Point scored of less than negative two. The other four that have made it are two and two straight up and one and three ATS. So not good for Kansas City there. Two and two for the over under. Three and one to the teaser up and down both ways. So I bet them both. So here's going to be my best bet, number one and number two. I've got KC plus eight and over 41. I've got KC plus eight and under 54. Those are best bets, number one and two. Sorry, over 41, under 54. So as long as KC doesn't get blown out, I should be very good chance to fiddle all over that middle, as my buddy likes to say. <laughs> and although the Delta Point score is bad for Kansas City, their Delta Points allowed is what has made this team special this year. If you look at all teams with a DPA of less than zero who are dogs in the Super Bowl, they're 9-7 straight up, winning by 4 points per game, 12-4 ATS, covering by 9.5 points per game with an average line of 5. You tease those teams up, and it's 14-2. So again, very, very good to the teaser here for the dog. But if you want to get if you get to Casey's level of dominance on DPA, which is Delta Points Allowed, in the Super Bowl, as a dog, 4-1 straight up and 4-1 ATS, winning by 12 points per game, covering by 18 points per game. And if you combine that with the previous game being a way trend that I gave you earlier, it's 2-0 straight up and ATS winning by 15 points per game. And beyond that, if you look at the formula we came up with last year that has to do with strength of schedule and ATS record, there have been six teams since 2010 to have better at both going to the Super Bowl. They're 3-3 ATS, but the three games that are comparable to this matchup because of the DPS data San Fran falls into the slot that is one and two ATS and o, or one and two straight up, or yeah, one and two straight up and zero oh and one uh, ATS. Oh, sorry, one and two both ATS and straight up on that DPA slot. So I did some digging around on the points for drive department, breaking down every Super Bowl since 2010 in offensive, defensive, nets, points per drive, and the eleven games during that time that featured two teams both in the top 10. The better defensive points per drive team is 8-3 ATS. All three games that went against that trend were either against Tom Brady or Patrick Mahomes. So it's either have the better defensive points per drive team or have the GOAT or have the baby GOAT. And you win. Well, in this game, we got both. KC, defensive points per drive, 1.55. San Fran is at 1.73. So in other words, San Fran is motherfucked. <laughs> and I also have two other random things I found in this game. And they were going to make up the numbers geek. Pick of the week. Nerd alert. Nerd. Nerd. You fucking nerd with your nerd hair. All right. And they are that there has only ever been one team to not cover two straight games in the playoffs. And get a third game. So pop quiz, Longhorn, you hot shot. Can you name that team? Can you ask me the question again, Miss Lippy? 
All right. Two teams to not cover two straight games in the playoffs and get a third game. I'm sorry. One team ever. So it's the it's a team that didn't cover two straight in the playoffs but can continued on to like the Super Bowl or something? They did end up in the Super Bowl. That was the third game. Um Okay, so they didn't cover, which means they would be favorites, but didn't cover because they continued on. Exactly. So, so I can work that out. I'm not a complete moron. Um, so they, I would guess, no, because New England was boat racing people usually, but um, I'm going to say, I'm just going to go New England because they were always in the Super Bowl. It was the 2007 New England Patriots, <laughs> yes. the undefeated. I mean, they're in every Super Bowl, so it's yeah. got to be there. The undefeated and possibly best team of all time, they lost to dumb face Eli Manning in the Super Bowl. So yet again, another bad spot for San Francisco. They're the second team to ever, ever do this. They didn't cover either game, ended up in the Super Bowl. Again, the other team was the greatest team of my lifetime. There's no doubt about it. So, yeah. And San Francisco is far from that. On the flip side, there has been nine teams that have covered it three straight games in the playoffs and went on to the Super Bowl. Those teams in the Super Bowl, six and three straight up, winning by three points per game, nine and zero oh ATS with a plus six ATS margin with an average line of two and a half. So obviously nine and zero oh on the teaser as well. And if you tease that total up or down, six and three to the over under on an average total of 46. So once again, pretty good juicy middle either way, but we already have that. So that's going to lead me to my third best bet, which is going to be the numbers geek pick of the week. And that is going to be Kansas City plus the two or two and a half, whatever you can get them at. Now, inside the actual matchup on actual gameplay, Kansas City, they might have been the first team to actually crack the code on running versus San Francisco in their style of single gap penetrating defense. If you look back at their matchup in 2022 in the regular season, they ran the ball 22 times, but they ran for over five yards per carry. And that's even with Chad Henney taking three knees to end the game because it was a blowout. And if you look at their matchup versus the Jets this season, who play the exact same scheme on defense when it comes to defending the run, they had 35 team carries for 204 yards. That's 5.8 yards per carry. And they did both the exact same way. They have incorporated the three tight end set and ran toss sweeps and fly sweeps and reverses with all moving stretch blocks and crack blocks on the end to seal it. And if you look at how Detroit and Green Bay attacked the San Francisco defense, it was the exact same way. Think about your boy uh, Williams on that fucking reverse, right, for the first touchdown. They had huge success doing it. San Francisco's scheme has their defensive ends pressuring up the field constantly, and although Bosa can be disciplined and make the adjustment, Chase Young has proven very much that he's not. And both Green Bay and Detroit ran the toss sweep and fly sweep at him consistently. And he was fucking lost. Moving too far upfield, consistently getting cracked and sealed with no recognition because he's a stupid football player. And in this game, I don't expect anything differently. And although San Francisco will be expecting it, they're not going to change their scheme. So undoubtedly, they will be trying to coach their guys to read cues from alignments and wide receiver splits. But there is no better coach in the NFL at designing misdirection and eye candy distractions than Andy Reid. So he's going to have come out in different formations they've seen, different setups than they've seen. So in short, I expect this to be a heavy dose of outside runs from Pacheco, wide receiver jet sweeps, 
and Kansas City will continue to do it until San Fran isn't forced to adjust like they had to versus Detroit in the second half. The difference in this one, though, will be the fact that, like you said, we got Mahomes, and that's not fucking Jared Goff, and he will be able to make them pay for it when they do have to come out of their shell on the fucking back end. And the last thing I got on this one is our defensive and preventative model our defensive predictive and preventative model has KC winning this game, which that model this postseason on all gradable Delta games is 8-3 and three ATS. It is a green disagreement with our B2 model, which is 1-0 ATS in the Super Bowl since 2015. By the way, since 2015, our B2 model has went 44-32 and 32 ATS in the playoffs. Our defensive model has went 51-35 and 35 ATS. In the playoffs. That's 58 and 59% respectively. And agreements between the two have went 30 and 14. That's 68% on all gradable postseason games. All in all, not too damn shabby, Longhorn. And I really look forward to applying these two models starting next year from week one and seeing how it fucking goes. Because uh, they seem to be two of the better things that we've come up with in, uh, in quite a bit. Yeah, I like the R2-D2 models. They're, they're pretty cool. I know you do. Yeah. <laughs> those are, those are, I, I'm a big fan of all models. I mean, let's let's be honest. <laughs> all right, what did you want to talk about on the uh, total there? <clears throat> well, I mean, you kind of. I'm glad that you uh, have some things that kind of back that up. Um, you know, as far as some models and some trends. So, um, yeah, it's just nothing that I haven't already said. I'm just glad that you backed it up with a little bit of extra stuff. Um, that line is just stuck. Kind of at 47 and a half, basically all week, 47, 47 and a half, right, right in that range, which is interesting. You would think in a Super Bowl, I mean, it's only Wednesday, so, you know, it, I guess it's got, it's got plenty of time to, to get juiced up and change from here. But you would think that would juice up to 48, 48 and a half. I mean, it is a Super Bowl. You know, everybody coming into town is landing off that, you know, coming off that plane and, and betting, you know, the favorite and over. That's kind of usually how it goes. So, um, yeah, I'd, I'd like to see it tick up. I'm not, I have not bet it yet because I'm still waiting for it to, to kind of keep ticking up. So, uh, I hope it, I hope it does hit 48, maybe even 48 and a half because there's some key numbers. Um, but yeah, I just, I just love this. I think this, I mean, we'll talk about, you know, Super Bowl MVPs a little bit later in the free picks, but like, I think that the unsung hero of this game could be Spagnolia and what he does to Purdy and that and that San Francisco offense, so um, I just I, I like it. And, you know, we and the, both these coaches, you know, Shanahan because he plays like a pussy in the playoffs. We've all seen it, and then we've seen Andy Reid and Kansas City. They have no problem just playing slow. You know, take the field goal, take no risk, take take no chances. So yeah, I, I see both these teams kind of just feeling each other out, waiting to see who makes the mistake. Taking, you know, taking taking the points where they can get them, not taking a whole lot of chances, a whole lot of risk. And, you know, Mahomes, he's not he doesn't turn it over. So, you know, Purdy, what what's Purdy on the um I know he's kind of high on the turnover um what do they call it at PFF? The um turnover turnover worthy? Yeah, turnover worthy. He's a little high on that, but I don't think he's at too high on the actual turnover. Yeah, he's gotten really lucky. He's gotten yeah. really lucky. Yeah, he's he's had some he's high on the turnover worthy plays, but he's not very high on the on the turnovers. So, you know, we'll see if that bites him in the ass here in the Super Bowl. But yeah, I see both these teams just kinda 
working the clock, working the, the field position, not taking any big chances, no turnovers, and the, the game kind of just bogs down and ends up being, you know, uh, you know, 20, 23-20 or, you know, 24-20, you know, so, something like that type of game. But um, I'm I'm definitely on the under, and when it gets close to game time and I, and I feel like I get the best number possible on the over-under, I'll start packaging in, you know, uh, parlays with KC on the money line with the under, um, you know, some teasers like you were talking about. I love, I love those teaser plays. So, um, yeah, KC in the under for me, buddy, and uh, – We'll see how it works out. Yeah, Shanahan, I mean, you know, he said, which I heard him drunkenly say, repeat a story that his owner said that he said after, I think it was like the third week of practice when they after they got Purdy, that our third-string quarterback is the best quarterback on our roster. Because, mm-hmm. you know, and he was getting like one or two reps of practice, but it was still like better than Jimmy G or Trey Lance ever thought about being. And so it, crazy. And the owner was like, "That's not really what you want to hear after you just, you know, traded three first round picks for a guy." But you know, Shanahan's honest. He's always been honest, and blah 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 blah. Yeah. But that goes back to what we said on the recap podcast. I don't trust Shanahan. I don't trust him. I mean, not in the playoffs. No. He's a brilliant mind when it comes to offense and designing offense, but he does not deviate from what he does. And he still, no matter how much praise he heaps on Purdy. He still don't really trust the dude. He really doesn't. I mean, if you look at what was the Green Bay game when they were like up by a point with like a minute and a half left before halftime, and they yeah, were they just, around they just midfield, and they, they just killed the clock. Like, yeah. what the fuck is that? Yeah, see, it's little things like that. You know, and like that 28-3 to when he was the offensive coordinator for Atlanta in the Super Bowl when New England came back, like these things – they matter. Like that that's always in the back. I mean, he here. was up by ten with eight minutes left against Mahomes in the fucking Super Bowl with San so, Fran. So there you go. Like the, it's it's there, dude. And like that's so fucking massive in these games. Like the mental part of this game. And we see coaches, we talk about I mean, we fucking scream into these microphones all year long about these coaches making these these little mistakes. These little, like, how the fuck can you make that mistake? Like, that's so obvious. How can you make that mistake? The fog of war during these games is so massive. And those are regular season games. Now you take a Super Bowl with all that pressure, the monkey on his back of all these Super Bowl failures. My God, like, I mean, if, if there if there could be a prop where is Shanahan going to make a fucking boneheaded mistake or is he going to do something like the end of the half situation you just talked about with Green Bay? Almost that. I mean, give me the yes on that. He's gonna do something stupid in this game. You're like, yep, that's 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 a Shanahan. That's a Shanahan in a big game moment. There it is, right there. And you know, maybe it costs his team the Super Bowl. Maybe it doesn't. But he's absolutely gonna make one of those decisions that that um, that could cost him. Yep, it's kind of like we talk about with Josh Allen. A big moment. He's gonna make a big dumb Wyoming mistake. Now he gets away with it more times than he doesn't. Like you said during the regular season, but when when it's goddamn when it's like really on the fucking line, you know that's generally when he and again against Kansas City it was more of a mental mistake than a physical one. Is that throw that he he made to I, I, I sent to you in a in a group text or whatever that somebody put up a brilliant picture. Oh my god! Of that, the throw, it was over sixty yards it in was the 60 air, sixty plus yards, and he dropped it on a dime in his. And I mean, Diggs just, fucking dropped the ball. He's unbelievable. 
Josh Allen is just unbelievable. I, like we've talked about that. Like I just at one one point, probably seven or eight years from now, he'll get a Super Bowl on the back end of his career, and and I'll be happy for him. But yeah, he still makes the dumb mistakes. And that and that's like, I guess that brings me full circle back around to like what you opened up with saying we got Mahomes. Like, look, man, there's something about having that dude that can make that throw when you need that throw. And Josh Allen absolutely can make any fucking throw. And that dude has not won a Super Bowl. So people that want to argue with me that Jared Goff can win a Super Bowl or Dak Prescott can win a Super Bowl or Brock Purdy can win a Super Bowl, like, yeah, anything's possible. But we have an example of a dude that has to play against Mahomes every year that can make every throw that those dudes can't even dream of fucking making. And he can't beat this motherfucker. So if you think that these other dudes can, which, again, it's football. Anything can happen. But everything has to go right. Everything has to go right for them for it to happen. Or you're going to have Tom Brady on the other side, which is the only Super Bowl Mahomes has ever lost. And what what does Josh Allen have on his back just like Shanahan? He's got that, like, motherfucker, I cannot get over this. Something's like it's just it's that manifest destiny. Something is going to happen. They know it is in their mind. And it fucking happens every time. And, um, and yeah, Mahomes, like, it, I don't know what it'll be. It could be a fucking ridiculous scramble and, and ridiculous completion to Kelsey that never should have happened. It could be like he gets, he's, he should have been sacked three times and somehow he scrambles out and gives, and gets the key first down on, on a running play to, to seal the game. Something, he'll do fucking something. And, and, you know, I don't know if we talked about this on the last podcast with the recap. Like, and, and you know, I'm sure he gets plenty of credit, you know, uh, around the country for it. But I think that Mahomes, you know, I think he might be the best manipulator of the pocket that I've ever seen. Like, we talk about his—he he, has—he has an okay arm. Mahomes has an okay arm. It's not great. Like, I, I know people think he has this like incredible cannon. He doesn't. It's an okay arm. It's fine. He's he's pretty accurate, especially with with you know arm angles and feet not perfectly set. He's really good at that. But he's not he's like probably, he's probably the best I've ever seen at that. At that, but he's not like oh my god the pinpoint accuracy. He's not that you know. Uh, but his feel for the pocket and he you know he always makes the right move. Like when he hits that back foot, it's like. It's like innate. He just knows. Okay, this. Okay, I feel it. I'm. I'm either moving up here. I'm. I'm busting to the left. I'm busting to the right. I'm. I'm dropping back more buying time. It's just. It's uncanny how he always makes the right decision in the scrambling around in the pocket and getting out to make a play downfield. It's. It's just. He's the best I've ever seen at it. Um. And, and you know, honestly, one of the best before him that I ever saw was Tony Romo. And uh, but you know Romo just he he didn't have the rest of the stuff that that Mahomes has but like that just ability to man, to manipulate the pocket it, it's just it's unreal because Josh, Josh Allen you would think that he with his athletic ability that he should be able to man, manipulate the pocket like Mahomes but he does it if you watch a Josh Allen game he gets outside of the pocket and makes plays just because he's incredibly athletic and better than everybody physically. But there's many times I'm like, dude, why don't you fucking step up there? You had a lane, hit that back foot and step up. And then you got everything opens up to where Mahomes, you watch him. It's like, 
when you're watching and you're a split second ahead because you're watching on TV and you got the big picture, you're like, oh, step up here or oh, roll out here. He always does it exactly how you see it on TV. He always does it on the fucking TV and it always works out for him. He's just like, like the things that he can do. You can't exactly measure. And um, yeah, I want to be on that side. I want to bet on that guy. Yeah. And you know, you know, that's true too. Cause when your money's on the other side and you see that split mm. second and you say off oh, and the off oh, fuck doesn't even come out of your mouth before he makes the move that you see that he's probably about to do like, mm. Oh fuck. Come on. and those those are such back breaking. When you have the perfect defense, everybody's covered, and like you said, he makes one or two moves, and it just gives an extra half second for somebody to fucking shake loose. And but how does he do that? Like like you see, you watch people like Baker, and it's always they roll to the same area, or you watch Josh Allen, and for the most part, actually, he always kind of rolls to the right or the left. Either you rarely see him like hit that back foot and roll and go directly up the the middle. To either Another ironic part of that fucking throw. If you rewatch that play, he gets to the back, he gets pushed to the left, he kind of slides left, and then he actually steps up in the pocket mm-hmm. and delivers a goddamn 65-yard dime down the field. <laughs> so the <laughs> one time dropped. he does it right, and it gets fucking yeah. dropped. Well, you know. Oh, life uh, must be really rough as a Bills fan. It just I mean, could you imagine being a fan of that team and legitimately having – I don't know, what would you say, probably the second best quarterback in the entire league, and yet you know, like, yeah, we got no shot. We got no shot. Yeah, it's... It's uh, It's fucking brutal. That has got to be brutal, dude. Brutal. Yeah, they're probably just like, dude, can you just fucking retire Mahomes or just maybe just one year have the Tom Brady where you blow out a knee and... and Oh, I don't want to see that. I I don't either, but I'm saying, like, if they're a Bills fan, like, like just that one year that that Brady blew out his knee and everybody else got a shot to win the Super Bowl, like, that's part of what they're thinking. Like, just give us us one chance that you're not there. Uh, They had it this year, man. They got them in Buffalo, and they just, oh, they were... They were a fucking fart away from it, and they, they couldn't do it. Yeah, and that was my last time ever betting against Mahomes in the playoffs, and I'm sticking to it until until he proves me wrong multiple Even times. though I'll still say I think we were on the right side. I think, I mean, they had a chance. They had a real chance to win the game, and then yeah. when they couldn't do that, they no. should at least tied it. We should at least gotten, you know, yeah. another every, drive out of it. And then some every overtime, Buffalo maybe. Bills fan thought they were on the right side, too. Yeah. Oh, I get it. I, I don't want to be on their side. <laughs> I, want to be, I want to be on my own side, okay? <laughs> all right, boys and girls, that was all. The man's coming to the air tonight, baby! Boys and girls, time you all have been waiting for. It's time for those free. I said free picks of the week. Longhorn, lay some prop bet and love them. Yeah, it's uh, you know it's only one game, and we've loaded up on some free picks here on the podcast. I know you're going to throw some more out there, so let's have a little long shot fun here in the free picks section. I'm going to throw three Super Bowl MVP bets at you that I have actually made and you know you can you can pick one that you like or you can make all three just do whatever you want Super Bowl's last game of the year let's start on the KC side I got two for Kansas City that I've picked for most valuable player of the game 
And the long shot on the KC side is going to be Rashid Rice. Rashid Rice, um, just simply because, you know, uh, he's the number one target now. And uh, for whatever reason, if this this turns into a mostly passing game um, type thing, or if like what you were talking about with the jet sweeps, maybe if they can give him one of those and he can bust one, you know, it's a long shot. And he's going off at plus forty five hundred. Um, so he's ah, he's definitely. Yeah, he's a long shot, but he is their leading receiver. And, you know, if, if it's a case where, like I said, if he gets a running touchdown or, you know, and actually we've seen receivers are the most likely um, players to get the MVP outside of the quarterback. So, you know, if you're if you're picking if you're picking uh, anything besides quarterback, you know, receiver is a good place to go. Um, but I did throw in Travis Kelsey and this is, he's only going off at thir- plus 1350. And that is mainly just because of the fucking storyline. I think they are begging and dying to give this award to Travis Kelsey. And then maybe he'll propose to his fucking sweetheart up there on the stage. And they'll get... You talk about the Beatles getting fucking ratings. I mean, if you you think the Beatles got ratings. If you fucking... If KC wins the Super Bowl, Travis Kelsey gets the MVP. And that motherfucker gets on his knee and proposes to Taylor Swift on this on this fucking podium oh my god that is fucking too good to be true now <clears throat> let's go to the san fran side i think there's actually is... a bet out there that you can make on that by the way that he proposes yeah holy shit okay that's interesting um uh they have to win though for him to do that i would guess I would imagine he's not going to propose after the loss because she'll definitely turn it out for being a fucking loser. Yeah, get the fuck out of here, loser. Hey, Kittle, come here. Come (laughs) here, Kittle. You're looking pretty good. (laughs) Um, Okay, the long shot on the San Fran side. I didn't want to take any of the offensive players, even though that, you know, I took a defensive player because why not? It's, It's major, major long shot odds. And, you know, we saw Aaron Darnold. In what was it, two Super Bowls ago? He should have won. Oh, yeah. My best should've, bet on the yeah. MVP was him, and he should have fucking won. He definitely should have won. So I'm gonna throw a little little sprinkle on Fred Warner, and he is going off at plus twelve thousand five hundred. So <laughs> so a hundred dollar bet pays you twelve thousand dollars twelve thousand five hundred so um you know and look it's a linebacker he's their best player on defense you know him and bosa so you know if he gets a pick six if he gets a fumble recovery touchdown if he makes a bunch of tackles behind tackles for loss a sack interception like you know it's a long shot it's plus twelve fucking thousand so those are my best bets for the super bowl and uh let's have some fun Oh, shit my pants if you hit that, because that'll be the second plus 12,500 bet that we've hit on the postseason. Yeah, all right. All right, uh, okay, so I got some prop bets, I got some singles, and I got some parlays. So I'll start off with my two favorite singles. Uh, Pacheco over 15 and a half carries. It's the same handicap as I had against Baltimore, Kansas City, which he hit that. It was 14 and a half on that game. Kansas City's become a running team. They control the ball. They play great defense. Plus, everything I said about the running game scheme versus just it's just a nightmare matchup for San Francisco. And then my second one, Mahomes over four and a half carries. That's actually my favorite bet, prop bet of the whole Super Bowl. Look, if he scrambles twice and Casey does what we think they're going to do and wins the game, he takes three knees, we win. It does not get much better than that. And Bosa is going to whip that shitty-ass tackle they have, so 
He's going to be moving around enough in this one, so he'll be on the move. Should get a couple of scrambles. Love that fucking bet. And then the coin toss, as always, I take tails plus 100. Do not, I repeat, do not lay any juice on the coin toss. If your book is asking you minus 105 both ways, tell them to go fuck themselves. It's plus 100 or that's no bet at all. All right, first quarter, over eight and a half. If you look at the 12 Super Bowls since 2000, it featured two teams with a positive points per drive of two or more, and you eliminate the New England games because, if you remember, that was Belichick's main strategy, keep the first quarter scoring down. So with no Belichick in the, in the mix, it's 6-2 and two to the over on quarter one and the previous three Chiefs Super Bowls in particular, but this quarterback and coach 3-0. and oh on the over there in the first quarter. And I'm even going to call my shot. I'm going to say the exact score. Q1, KC7, San Fran 3. That's plus 1,400. So that's a fun prop bet. Long mm-hmm. shot there to throw a couple of bucks on. Team that scores first wins the game. Now this one is minus 200. Now this has actually happened right at 68% of the time for the history of the Super Bowl. And minus 200 is implied at 66% probability, so it sounds expensive, but it's actually a little cheap compared to the history of the situation. Now, first touchdown score. I got a lot of these here. C-Mac plus 370, Pacheco plus 550, Kelsey plus 600, Kittle plus 900, Debo plus 900, Rice plus 900, Ayuk plus 1,000, Mahomes plus 1,800, and Purdy plus 3,000. So obviously, we're rooting for the plus 900 or more to hit so we can at least break even. But hey, man, it's a fun way to cash a ticket early in the game. Maybe we get lucky and make a little money. I just like to kind of do that just to have some fun uh, during the first quarter. I like to load up a little bit on the uh, prop bets early on. Now, for the parlays, Pacheco over 15.5 and, and Mahomes rushes and Mahomes over 4.5. That pays you plus 140. Highest scoring quarter to be quarter two and KC plus 2.5 for the game. That pays you plus 425. Mahomes under 262.5 passing yards. Mahomes under 36.5 attempts. And Purdy under 1.5 passing touchdowns. Plays you plus 500. And then Casey plus 2.5 for the game. And over 23.5 for the first half. Plus 264 on that two-gamer. And then a couple of long shots here. Mahomes over one and a half passing touchdowns. Pacheco over his carries again. Mahomes over his carries again. McCaffrey under 91 and a half rushing yards. Chase Young under half a sack. And Chris Jones over half a sack. That pays you plus 2,100. And then my last and biggest payout, eight-teamer here. (laughs) KC, Chiefs, halftime and full-time. So winning winning money line halftime, winning money line full-time. KC, alternate spread, minus two and a half. Travis Kelsey, anytime touchdown. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, anytime touchdown. Brock Purdy, under the one and a half passing touchdowns. Under 91 and a half rushing yards for McCaffrey. Anytime touchdown, McCaffrey. And then under 246 and a half passing yards for Brock Purdy. That one pays you plus $24,000. So, a hundred... Would you twenty four grand on that last long shot I have for the Super Bowl? Man, fly to Vegas and put it in. <laughs> All right, Longhorn, you got anything else? No, that's it for me. It's uh, it's it's. I mean, last game of the year. I can't wait to watch it. 
I hope it's a good game, and I hope it lands on all every single bet that we told you about. I hope we hit every. It's probably mathematically impossible for us to hit all of them because of the you know cross pollination. But um, <laughs> let's uh, let's let's get most of them, ninety percent of them. If we hit every bet we just put out, it will just the recap pod on Monday will just be the sound of us probably masturbating into the microphone. It's probably yeah. all you're gonna get. It'll be you by yourself because <laughs> I won't be here if we hit all of those. So I'll I'll be over there at fucking Amahor just fucking going crazy. <laughs> all right, Longhorn, tell me about that Fabus website one more time. All right, episode number. Oh Jesus, it's one ninety one. Is it? All right. Um, so yeah, it's in the books. And go to the website thefootballgloryhole.com, and check out the free picks. I'll go ahead and throw those up. Most of these free picks you're gonna have to get right here on the podcast. So if you want anybody to hear them, be sure and share and subscribe and send them out to people because there was a lot. I just got talked about on this podcast, but um, yeah, we're it's been a fun year. We're looking forward to the off season and getting into um, some of the other stuff that we do in the off season, like the Revolution Network and all the uh, the shows on there. And you know, we've got the draft trip coming up in April. We'll be going to Detroit for the NFL draft, doing some man on the street type interviews with all the people out there. And um, having some drunken fun with the people. Can't wait to see all these stupid shit that they say and who they like and who. <laughs> yeah. It's gonna be fun, and uh, you know we're gonna we're gonna do a little uh, collaboration with 105.3 The Fan. They're gonna they're gonna let us do some freelance reporting out there. The draft, maybe they'll play it on the radio. We'll see. You know, the, the, hope they're. Hope their bleep button is in full effect. <laughs> the, they're going to have to clean it up because you never know what happens out there. But, yeah, I'm looking real for, real forward to all that, Bocivas, uh, coming up in the offseason. It is bittersweet. I love football season. I'm you know, kind of sad that it's over. This has been a good year. It's been a successful year for us. So uh, let's finish it strong with the Super Bowl and, uh, and come away with some wins. But if you do any of these things that I just talked about, we become partners for life and buddy, as always, in a mostly non-sexual way. People, stop throwing away your hard-earned money on the guessing game. Let the pros do the heavy lifting. So sign up, tell a friend, and join in on the fun of watching football, drinking beer, and never pay a bookie again. Come on. Ah, damn it, people. Never pay a bookie again. Steven Tyler, take a selfie, baby.